Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here for the latest episode in the Winding Trails Media Podcasting Network page. Some of you may have seen the revamped version of the network page on Podbean. Uh, looking forward to your feedback on that. Hope you like the new logo. Hope you are enjoying the syndicated episodes of Winding Trail of uh, Right Pack Radio and also the Exploration Beyond show with David Allen Lucas, president of the St. Louis Writers Guild. I hope that all of the episodes here have been inspiring, motivating, and I hope you've been listening, hope you've been downloading, liking, commenting, sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Just in case you are an iTunes subscriber, we have gone ahead and resubmitted the feed to iTunes. We had a little bit of technical difficulties that were pointed out to me earlier this week. Uh, Thank you to Luke Annand for for letting me know about this. And for those of you who are in the St. Louis area, I am looking forward to seeing you during Father's Day weekend over at Gateway Con, the latest of the St. Louis Writers Guild uh, writing conference and convention. It's going to be a great weekend. Looking forward to seeing you at the Renaissance Airport Hotel. And if you're in the Hannibal area, looking forward to seeing you there on the second Saturday in July, I will be speaking with, uh, to the Hannibal Writers Guild about audiobooks and podcasting. It's going to be a great time. Um, some of you who may have seen the movie The Mask of Zorro uh, may remember this line that uh, Don Diego de la Vega said, when the pupil is ready, the master will appear. And I kind of feel that way this, uh, for this week's episode because uh, my guest just happened to literally fall into my lap today. Not literally, literally fall into my lap, but, you know, just uh, by some strange notion, um, I just happened to have seen on Facebook a call to post a URL of my author page and do like this whole like for like thing. I've spoken about these things before and how the writing community in social media really supports each other, uh, motivates each other, learns from each other. This was that case. It was a case of someone saying, drop your link. Let's all support each other. I did that. And I not only introduced myself as a, as an author of YA sci-fi, but also as the host of this podcast, which led, uh, which led a, a uh, wonderful uh, woman named Ch- uh, Chastity Eason, if I remember that correctly. Um, Chastity, if you are listening, uh, thank you so much for answering the call of, uh, of me <laughs> and uh, reaching out to me and everything and uh, letting me know that, uh, that you work for an author that has 13 books out there now of various genres with five more coming out this year. And it turns out that uh, she has been doing this since 2011. Now, some of you may know that uh, when I was working on my last book, Ever Upward, which is part two in the Excelsior journey, it took five years off and on to get that done. And I am looking for a much tighter schedule for part three. So 
I am so thrilled with the opportunity for me to learn from this author. And so it is a thrill for me to introduce our guest for this week, author Jessica McBrayer. Jessica, how are you tonight? I'm great. Thank you, George, for having me. And thank you so much for being here on such short notice. Um, I am really looking forward to uh, to our conversation. This is a rare this is a rare treat with uh, with the Excelsior Journeys podcast because the majority of guests is are are people that I have known at some point in my life. This is us meeting for the first time ever, and I'm really thrilled that uh, that I finally get this opportunity to meet someone for the first time ever, interviewing them for my show. Uh, so this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, now, we always start off each show with uh, with a little hint of what is in the ver- in the immediate future for my guests. So, uh, what is uh, what's currently uh, what are you currently preparing for uh, tonight? Sure. Um, this I'm going a bit out on a limb right now. In the past, I've written paranormal romance, and I. Um, it's funny. I, I read my first hockey romance and I started to fall in love with hockey. My husband's always liked it, but I was, you know, said, I don't want to watch. And <laughs> as I started reading more, I started watching more hockey and have become this avid fan now and decided, you know what, I'm going to write a hockey romance. So I sat down and it just poured out of me and I ended up with, I have four and a half. The fifth one is still in process of writing. And, um, in over a year, I, I did them all. And wow. that's really fast for me, I have to say. So that's not usual, but um, yeah. So that's what I have coming out this year. The first one comes out June 23rd. Mm-hmm. It's, for, it's for pre-order on Amazon right now. And um, it's the beginning of the series. What's it called, the first one? The first one's called Jude's Sweet Fire. And the series is called the Savannah Heat series. Nice. And Savannah Heat is the fictional hockey team that I created. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, this is definitely a good time for it, considering that uh, I live in St. Louis and the Blues are one I game know. away from reaching the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> this is, yeah, you want, to, you want to talk about hockey fever, you know, like right now. You know, this is, this very, this reminds me very much of the time when I was, uh, when I was about to graduate from high school and my father came over to visit um, in 94 for the baccalaureate and graduation ceremonies because I was living in Richmond, Virginia. And he asked me flat out, it's like, how long does the baccalaureate usually take? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know, it's like maybe an hour or so. Why? What's going on? And he just goes, and he reminds me, game seven. It was game seven of the 94 Stanley Cup finals and the Rangers were, you know, like we're one game away from ending a 54 year drought. And <laughs> needless to say, you know, like as soon as that, as soon as uh, we got home, the two of us ran downstairs, we watched the game. And that was the first of only one other instance where one of our teams won a title and we were in the same room to celebrate it. Oh. And so uh, that's, that to me was, was awesome. And the very next day was high school graduation. It was a good day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good day. You can't see me right now, but I have my San Jose Sharks shirt on, and you guys whooped up on us tonight, so. Well, and, you know, like, and uh, I am still, like, just, you know, very cautious, you know, like, I've, I've kind of, you know, like, I, I do appreciate and respect hockey and everything. I can't say I'm an avid follower, but I am 
but I keep an eye on it. And I'm thrilled to see this kind of enthusiasm for the blues. At the same time, I refuse to put any sort of title like around their necks until, you know, like until the very end. Um, I've, you know, been through it several times before, you know, like in, in other sports. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. You never know. You know, like, I mean, this was, this is basically, you know, this is basically the way, the way that uh, the Stanley cup finals happened with Messi with uh, the Rangers in 94 Mm-hmm. Rangers were down three to two. Mark Messier guaranteed they were going to win it, and they wound up winning two straight. Got onto mm-hmm. the finals. So yeah, you know, like um, that was, it was. It's it's a hell of a time, I must say. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's all I got to say about that. So best of luck with uh, with <laughs> with Game Six, and uh, you know that's um, that's all I got to say about that. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I, I just, you know, we're, we're getting a good series and that's really like, that's, you know, that's all, always, a, always a plus there. So, yeah. um, I, so. I, have, I have to say real quick, um, even though I, ha- I love hockey and I'm writing hockey romance, the books are really contemporary romances with a little bit of hockey in. So I don't want to turn people off of that, you know, that mm-hmm. don't know anything about hockey. Um, they still would enjoy the book. Um, because it, you know, it just touches on the hockey. So, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's fantastic, though. So, um, so now from this, we go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I still can't believe that all the way back means 2011. Like the <laughs> the volume of work that you put out is just you know is blowing my mind. So before we do anything, I have to ask, what's your average work count for the for for these books? Um. Let's see. These these hockey romances have been just under a hundred thousand. They're around ninety six thousand, somewhere in there. Wow. So about three hundred fifty, three hundred seventy pages. That's pretty long for me. Yeah. Um, normally it's about two fifty to two seventy. The other books, and then That's... I wrote. Yeah, one series has every other book is a novella of about a hundred and twenty, yeah. hundred and fifty pages. So. Oh, yeah. wow. It's still like, I mean, that sort of, that sort of productivity is just blowing my mind. So, um, so let's go back to, you know, 2011 or 2010, 2009, like around that time, mm-hmm. what was your lightning bolt moment? What was it that made you fall in love with writing in the first place? Um, it's kind of a difficult topic for me. I, first of all, in high school, I had a teacher that took me aside and said, you need to do this. And I fell in love with it then. But I kind of put it aside and went to college for biology, completely different from what I'm doing now. Right. And got married, had children, and my daughter got a really terrible disease. And I became a full-time caregiver for like eight years. Oh, and wow. she went into remission Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I realized I didn't know who I was anymore. I had no identity because I had been this caregiver for all this time and I didn't know what to do with myself. And um, I got, I had these ideas and I, I salvaged this computer that no one wanted to use because it was like 20 years old practically mm-hmm. and sat down and wrote my first book. And yes. it was wonderful. It was published two weeks before my daughter passed away. Oh, and then 
and that was for the stain series it's about a witch and it wasn't the first book i wrote actually it was the second um the first book i wrote was called sucking in san francisco and it's a vampire book with a genie and and everything in between and um one of the characters was named after my daughter and kind of modeled after her yeah. so that was the second book um i published and then I followed it up right away with a novella that was just based on that character. And so every other book was a novella on that character. It, it of course brought everybody in, but it focused on her. And mm -hmm. I had so much, I think it was a really healing thing for me and really enjoyable. And it was a way to make her come back to life a little bit. Yeah. So I, um, boy, I don't know how many years I went through that. There's eight books in that series. And at the same time, I was writing the Stain series. And there's four books so far there. I need to write the fifth book, the final book. But um, mm -hmm. probably five or six years it took me to do all that. And uh, yeah. And then I took a little time off and um, started to get back into it. I, I have another series that I'm working on, but... Um, it's still, I don't know, maybe 50 pages in. It's still in the planning stages. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that's how I came to love it and came to really be invested in it. it uh, I became a writer, you know, yeah. and that, that was what I could call myself. And that was just a very um, important thing for me. Wow. I, yeah. Man. Um, yeah, this definitely, yeah, I... I Having, you know, having, having lost my cousin back in 2005 um, and going through a period where, you know, like where I made that decision that I was going to name my main character after him, mm. you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it, it really is like a, a, a means of like, like kind of coming to grips with everything. You know, so I, yes. I, can't, I can't imagine, you know, that you know, having to go through that with your daughter. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, so, um, but that's, that's amazing that you were able to channel that, you know, into, you know, the way that you, the way that you did. Um, what was it back, you, you said that it was uh, back in high school when your, your teacher approached you and said, you need to do this. Yeah. Uh, what sort of, what sort of activities were you doing in high school that really got their attention? Um, we were writing just papers. Um, we had started doing poetry and I'd never done any poetry before. And um, she sent a couple in and I won some contests over it and really, really enjoyed it. I stuck with poetry for a long time, even though I did like short essays in high school and in college. Um, but, uh, well, not so much in college, a little bit here and there, but um, mainly focused on the biology and there's not a lot of room for creative writing in that field um so i like i said i let it i put it aside until um that aha moment and decided no this is really something i want to try so it was the first really long um piece of work that i had done so mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's great that's great so um so um so tell us about the time that you gotten that first one finished like is you know like you you've you know did like a really good you know recap of overall like you know how how fast you were able to get through all of you know like the amount of books that you did mm -hmm. um but what was that first one like what was that 
feeling like once you were starting your starting your journey of being a novelist? Mm-hmm. Um, how did that How did that feel like when you were able to uh, when you were able to go through it? Like how many drafts did it take for you to like really get comfortable with it? Do you um, what was that What was that whole experience for you? It was. Um, I had a lot of self doubt because I had mm-hmm. never done anything like this before. I had a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of humor in that series. And um, so I just had a really good time with it. My mother happens to be my editor, or was my editor. Chastity's my editor now, actually. But um, yeah, my my mother uh, is a writer and artist, and she (laughs) is ruthless. And um, (laughs) I can't even think of how many copies that, how many drafts that first book had. It it had quite a few, at least three or four. And Yeah, it was, it was a process because I was learning. And um, during that time, I was seeking out ways to learn. And I found out about Romance Writers of America, RWA, mm-hmm. and that we had a chapter close by. And so I joined them and just being in that cocoon of um, wisdom, you know, that yeah. everybody brought to the table. It was just incredible and very, very supportive. And uh, that really helped me get through it too. And well, I can talk about it later, but one of the things um, available with RWA is online classes. And oh. I, I was just a junkie for those. <laughs> I, I, I took them from everything from um, Celtic mythology to um, how to prepare a query letter to writing your first draft and, you know, just soaking up that enrichment. And I think that had a lot to do with my encouragement throughout mm-hmm. the years and propelled me on and gave me a lot of ideas. And some of them I'm still going back to. And it was just a the whole experience was really good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. um, Having gone through, you know, different conventions and everything and conferences here, running a couple myself, you know, like with the Missouri Writers Guild, it's a, it's a great feeling to be in that, you know, that cocoon. That's that's a perfect way of saying it because it really is just like, you just feel like you're in the ultimate safe space. You know, like, you know, you're all, everyone that's around you, they all are going through the exact feelings of like self-doubt and self-loathing and, you know, you know, just wondering like, you know, am I ever going to get this down on on the page the way that it's been in my head? You know, all those feelings, they feel the same thing, you know, for their own, you know, like it's, and it's a, it's a really wonderful feeling knowing that you're not alone because writing is such a, disgustingly solitary job um that that chooses us you know more than more than us choosing it um and so having gone through that you know like i i get exactly what you know like what you mean by that and um over here in st louis i've noticed that you are also uh you've also been affiliated with sisters in crime and we we have a st louis chapter of those as well and uh yeah they're they're a fun bunch they are (laughs) (laughs) they really are yeah Um, I didn't stay with them very long because I didn't quite fit the genre that they were most dedicated to Mm -hmm. but um I was close enough that I joined them in the first you know at first and absolutely loved them and have good friends out of there still um 
But I was going to go back to something you said about being in that cocoon and that self-doubt and self-loathing and wondering what you're going to do. The beautiful mm -hmm. thing about these organizations is that you have people at every level. So yeah. you have a very successful that you see still doing that, but somehow they overcome it and mm -hmm. have become successful. So it gives you a lot of hope too, I think. So, yeah. yeah. That it definitely does. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so what, so uh, break down for our listeners, your team, um, because everyone's always got one. There's always, you know, the beta readers, there's always the editor. You mentioned that uh, Chastity is now, is now your editor. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> what uh, do you, do you self-publish? Do you have a publisher? Um, what's your, what's your background with that? Well, I self-publish. I, in I frankly, I didn't have the patience to go through all the querying and um, the length of time it takes to get a book published. I, I really saw publishing was just starting and I was really excited about it. And I thought, you know, no one's going to read this anyways, so I'll just put it out there. And mm -hmm. um, it started with Miss, just me and my mom. And well, no, that's not true. I was in a critique group when I first started with RWA, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, and um that was very supportive and we critiqued each other's work and that helped. And, uh, but I was the only paranormal writer, so it was a little different. Mm -hmm. And my mom writes, um, sci-fi YA. No kidding. And, uh, yeah. She's really good at it too. And, uh, she has been an awesome cheerleader and she's my publisher and she was my editor forever. And oh wow, yeah, someone I could bounce ideas off of. Um, mm -hmm. She still has a, a publishing company called Nessa Geckos, and we have a street team under that that we started. And I found Chastity on my street team. I had, my mother doesn't have the time to do the editing anymore. Mm -hmm. um, she'll pitch in where she can, but it, it takes a lot of time. And she's trying to do her own stuff too. Yeah. And um, Chastity and I tried it out. She's got a background in marketing. And I soon learned that not only was she a good editor, but she would be an awesome virtual assistant. She lives clear across the country from me. You couldn't get further mm -hmm. away. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we connect constantly. Um, she's part of my tribe and one of my people. You know, we just really connect. And I think that's really important when you look for a team um, that you, you connect well with them. Uh, I'm having a little difficulty with the proofreader right now because um, I'm having to find a new one and I just I took for granted how wonderful I'd had it up until now. <laughs> but, so so um so you say you self-published do you have a cover artist as well that uh, that handles? That, that is my mother as well. Really? Yes she is um, a graphic designer and an artist and phenomenal. All my all my sucking in San Francisco's were um, drawn. They're, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw the cover or not, or if anyone will, but they're they're fantastic. And uh, the Stain series was more photographic, but um, again, um, just amazing. And these new, this new series that I'm doing, Savannah Heat, mm -hmm. is uh, more photographic, trying to get into that, um, similar images that the genre has, although I refuse to do the ab pictures where they yeah. don't show the head and it's just like, Oh these, yeah. These yep. uh, photoshopped abs and you now mine, mine are the faces and that's, um, 
so they're a little different and I don't know if that's going to hurt or help me, but, um, that's the beauty of self-publishing. It's an experiment. Yeah. You get to to go with what works, you know, what, what works, you know, like you're not, you may have to, I mean, there, there've been experiences. I know that, you know, like dealing with, uh, with self-publish, you know, some I self-published works, you know, there were times when I did have to kind of settle for, you know, for a work that I did, you know, felt was, you know, it was there, but not quite, you know, like in my head. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, but, uh, but then, you know, getting that right, uh, that right cover designer to come up with that particular image that will, if it, if it's, you know, anything like, like my own experience, you know, it made me cry. You know, when, yeah. when, I, yeah. when I saw it, I was just like, yes, that's, that's it. That is it. That's what I've been waiting for so long to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that kind of, that kind of feeling is uh, kind of feeling is fantastic. So that's great that you have, um, I, I've I, been, that's amazing that, you know, your mother has like all those talents. Like, I mean, like, I know. That's, she's my formatter. She's my uploader. I mean, everything. And, I and a book I, formatter. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do without her. She's wow. Just, thank goodness. She loves me because <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's really been there and it's for free. So oh yeah you can't be that <laughs> yeah 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 my uh, my content editor you know she and i have been working together for you know for quite a few years as well and yeah my my books wouldn't be where they are without without her oh, no. in, you know because uh she the great thing the great thing about editors and i'm you know i'm got a feeling that yours are you know like probably in the same boat but uh when it comes to those you know those story editors um they help with expanding your world so much because they just ask you all these different questions and mm-hmm. let you come up with the answers. They're not coming up with the answers on their own. You know, they're basically like throwing the ball to you because these are the things you don't really think about because you're too busy right. concentrating on the story. Right. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's what I've been through so much. So I'm sure that you've had experiences with that, you know, like working with your editors as well. Oh yeah. Playing, playing devil's advocate. You know, I think that's what they do. They just, they, they make you think. And sometimes you go along with the answer and sometimes you're like, no, I, I don't really think I want to go in that direction. And I come across that with the street team too. Um, they're all my beta readers mm-hmm. and some of them are really good about pointing things out and some just read to tell me if they enjoy it or not you know I get all kinds of feedback but um but yeah it it makes us grow as a writer too I think because in the next book we do we start thinking in those terms a little bit more you know it it settles in a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely uh so so you so what was that feeling like when you went through you went through the first draft. How long did it take for you to get that first draft done, by the way? <laughs> Six weeks. Six weeks. Very nice. Okay. So not quite the, not quite the running time for like the National Novel Writing Month, you know, sprints, but yeah, no, six weeks is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's have, you done, uh, have you done NaNoWriMo before as well? Yes, I have. Yeah. And, um, but I don't take it as, um, I'm not as disciplined with it as a lot of people are. I usually start a book out with it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, uh, six weeks is really fast for me. It's usually two or three months and um, or longer. It just depends on the book and how it's coming out. Sometimes I just can't get my head around it, you know, and, and uh, it'll take me longer to do it. But um, NaNoWriMo is great. I, I love it and what it stands for. But yeah, the first book took six weeks. So, um, like I said, I just had the story sitting in my head, and it just kind of poured out. Yeah. Yeah. And how much uh, how much editing time did you wind up taking with that? 
a lot. <laughs> it, took, it took a couple months um, and several drafts, like I was talking about. And it was funny because it's a romance and there's love yeah. scenes in it. And, and I, my mom was my editor and here she's oh, boy. sex scenes that I wrote. Yes. And a little, <laughs> little awkward. Awkward dinner table conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we got around it and uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, um, so through that, you know, like it, so it comes out, what was your, what was the initial feeling and everything? Once it was edited, you had the cover design taken care of, you had the formatting done, you had it basically all set and out there into the world. What happens next? You know, and that's such a great question because we're going through that process right now because when I was first um, published, like I said, it was kind of a new thing and there weren't tons. Of, I mean, there's like millions of people doing it now. And um, mm -hmm. it was easier to get your name out there a little bit. I did take a couple ads out like in Book Gorilla and Fussy Librarian, some online mm -hmm. um, book uh, people that took online booksellers or whatever you want to call them. I can't think of the name right now, but um, right. That helped um, sales, but I was just incredibly lucky, and the first books did really well, but now um, it's really died down because I haven't published in a while, and mm -hmm. I found that you really need to publish if you want to keep your name up there, and yeah. so we're, we're going through this whole thing with, um, uh, it's a new series and it's a new direction for me, so we're doing a lot of marketing, and um, trying to do it as inexpensively as possible because mm -hmm. don't have a huge marketing budget yet. You have to sell books to have that. <laughs> so, right. A yep. lot of books. And um, so we're doing that. Uh, we're thinking about relaunching the other two series and doing some updates to them, like some bonus material, maybe something like oh. that would get people's interest. And so that's going to be a whole different thing. And that'll probably start after, um, these releases are done uh, one thing at a time, kind of. Yeah. Are you getting like new cover art along with that as, as well? well? Yeah, we debated that. And I just love my cover so much. Maybe in the Stain series, a few of them, but I think the Sucking series are just, um, my mother said they could be refreshed and mm -hmm. she, um, she knows what she's talking about with that. So I'm kind of leaving it in her hands, but I told her I really liked what we had. So I wanted to stick to it as much as possible. So I, I, I foresee some refreshments, a little changes in them, but not significant. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, so I noticed on your site that you, and based on, you know, based on what you said in the interview already so far tonight, um, you're in various genres. What is it about those genres that appeal to you? Um, I've always, when I was younger, I think I read my first Stephen King book in fourth grade mm -hmm. and have been an avid fan ever since. Love the which, paranormal. Which one was it? Um, I think it was, um, was it, is it called Silver Bullet? It, okay, with the werewolf one. Yeah, the werewolf right. one. Yeah. And went on, and The Stand is my favorite out of all mm -hmm. of them. And, yeah. Um, went on to like sci-fi and um I didn't read my first romance book until my sister and my mother were huge romance fans and uh 
I always made fun of them. I was terrible <laughs> because that was so opposite of what I read. And yeah. I didn't start to read them until after college. And, um, and really, you know, they tell you to write what you read. And mm -hmm. so I had to have that paranormal, paranormal element in there. All right. I, I wouldn't have never, I would have never felt comfortable writing the books I did if I hadn't. And that's kind of where the hockey's coming from now. It's, it's a, um, a fun part of my life. And I thought, you know, I, I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to try this. So. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to do it. So, um, so all the different genres you said, you know, there's paranormal, uh, paranormal romance mm -hmm. and then there's contemporary romance right and then there is um you have horror as part of that as well well <clears throat> i haven't really put a lot of horror in mine um suspense mm -hmm. i've had um a lot of suspense um i don't seem to be able to write a book without putting some big catastrophe in there mm -hmm. and um so i've just accepted that <laughs> At first, I thought, you know, this is a hockey romance. Nobody needs to be heard in it, but somehow it just happens. So, um, yeah. it's a little spoiler, but um, I, uh, I think it's in my blurb. It's kind of working blurb right now, but um, I think we put a little bit about that in there too. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So, if you had, if you had to pick just like one particular genre to really kind of stick to for a long period of time is mm -hmm. there one you feel you can or is there or is it just like you just have to kind of let your let your stories dictate wherever they're going to wind up being oh boy that's a tough question i would have to say <clears throat> i think i'll always feel most comfortable in paranormal mm -hmm. and um like i said i've got another new series coming out it's paranormal mm -hmm. uh, this was something I just felt I had to, I just felt like I wanted to write this new series. I read a lot of contemporary romance, but I don't think it's going to be the genre that I stick with. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'll eventually go back to paranormal and probably stay there, but it will always be paranormal romance because I, I, I like adding that element to it. Um, I like reading YA as well, but mm -hmm. again, um, this new series that I'm, <clears throat> have in the back of my mind called Stone Chronicles. It uh, it involves gargoyles. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and it all happens in Europe. And um, so it's taken me a little bit of research and time to get into it. And it's a lot of world building. Um, it's practically a YA. I, I would definitely call it a new adult. It kind of is on that border. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's taken me longer because I'm used to dealing with grown-ups, you know, I, not that the characters aren't very mature, but um, I'm used to dealing with late 20s or vampires that are 300 years old or you know, right. things, <laughs> things like that. So yeah. it's, it's a new direction too, but it, it's still that paranormal. Now, you mentioned uh, Stephen King before. Stephen King is well known for having kind of like a Stephen King universe. There are, you know, yes. different characters that <laughs> know different characters and you know are familiar with other instances of what's happened in his previous stories now i know you have like some you know definite series mm -hmm. but you have like your own universe where they all tie into each other in some way or a little crossover just like their own, or are they are they like their own separate thing and that's it um they so far they've been their own separate thing um mm -hmm. 
and because for one in stained my main character thorn is a witch and she would never tolerate a vampire so (laughs) (laughs) and in um in my second in san francisco series with the vampires um the witches are bad so uh so there couldn't be any crossover there but i'm not going to leave that out as something that could potentially happen in the future nice Nice. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, just happened to have turned on, you know, like a character from, you know, like a vampire turning on a television. There's a Savannah Heat game going and, you know, just. There uh, you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you said that you have a virtual assistant, which is something that I've always kind of looked at, would love to mm-hmm. have and everything. But at the same time, I've always been wondering exactly how that sort of relationship builds what exactly you know does um does she does she do for you oh my gosh what doesn't she do for me it it, this is something new for me too we've only been working together a couple months Mm um like you it was something i always wanted because i didn't have time to do the marketing and the social media and write too and um it was either one or the other for me because i didn't have a lot of time i'm doing it full time now so that helps but i don't like doing some of it so that's what chastity does and she has got this marketing background and it's just amazing she's always like today um connecting the two of us that is just something that um she is just really good at she's always looking for ways to promote for ways to make connections she Mm -hmm. built a fan page for me so now now i have four pages i have my personal page on facebook i have an Mm -hmm. author page on facebook I've got a page called Jessica McBrayer's Bucanistas, and then we have our street team. That's great. So, yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. It's a lot of work to keep up with it, too. So she's she's been doing that, and she's just been awesome. Um, helping me build that, helping I get back up to speed, because I wasn't posting very often. And right. she's, um, she's my taskmaster. She keeps me on track, and... I just, I love the idea she comes up with. I think it's very important when you're looking for a personal assistant that you get along really well because you're constantly brainstorming and it has to be someone that kind of gets you and where you want to go, where you want to go. Definitely. Because she sees the future and um, I'm sometimes really stuck in the middle or in my own world. (laughs) So (laughs) it really helps. Yeah. She keeps me in line and I absolutely love her. That's fantastic. That is, and she, yeah, based on our brief conversation before hooking the two of us up, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I can tell that she is, she is somebody who definitely knows what she's doing and uh, is very well tuned into this area as a virtual assistant. It sounds like she's doing a, it sounds like she's doing a terrific job for you. And that's, kudos, kudos to her for, for, for doing so. So Jesse, if you're listening, you know, awesome job. Keep it going. (laughs) Well, yeah, one thing I want to say is, you know, when you're looking for help in whatever Mm -hmm. way you're looking for, you got to look at your budget too. And we decided we could do a certain number of hours a week. And she is wonderful with sticking in those hours and working with us on our budget too. And Mm -hmm. so uh, props to Chastity. She's available for other authors too, just letting everybody know. But um, she's uh, starting with us and we're very greedy. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're happy. She, we're, you know, like, yeah, we want, we want, we want to put the word out that she's available, but you know, she's not that available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So your productivity just blows my blows me away. It's um it's very much in line with um author uh, Michelle Lynn. Um, mm-hmm. the sort of the way that, you know, she can just churn out a chapter a day. Um, mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that I am wonderfully, you know, like, uh, in awe of and envious of at the same time, considering <laughs> how much of a slog that it was f- to get, um, to get, uh, my latest book, which was a sequel, um, mm-hmm. done and out, um, in a five-year span. Uh, now, granted, it wasn't fully, you know, five years in that, you know, like working mm-hmm. on nothing but that because it was it was during that period. It's when um, part one got picked up by a different publisher, so I added mm-hmm. more material for that, and then um, was working on the five-part serial that I was working on, and then mm-hmm. that finally got done. Then I had to jump back into this one, and um, and then all of a sudden the publisher I was working with closed down and then another publisher came in and said, we really like your, uh, this first one. Um, mm-hmm. well, it can be better. Do you mind if our editor takes a look at it? She took a sledgehammer to it and, <laughs> and I spent a couple of months, you know, like rewriting that. So my focus was constantly going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth yeah. from, you know, different things. So, um, that makes I, it really hard. Really, it, hard. It, it does. It does make it make it really hard. But at the same time, though, I'm still um, blown away by your productivity. Do you have like a set schedule for writing? You said that you're doing this full time, but yeah. before before you were able to make that transition to a full time uh, to a full time authorship, um, did you start? Did you have like a specific set of, a block of time that you just were able to keep sacred? Um, I, you know, I, everybody's journey is different. I, I will say that first out because my mom has had been working on hers, um, for quite some time. And mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely perfect right now, but she's not quite happy with it. So she'll keep working on it, you know, and, um, me like Stephen King, he's got this set. I don't know if you've ever read his book on writing, but it's, really oh, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. And he, he writes 2000 words a day. And sometimes mm-hmm. he gets that done in a couple hours. Sometimes it takes until the end of the day. And yeah. um, I'm one of those lucky people that can type really fast. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a pantser. So I don't worry about how perfect it is the first time around. And mm. um, 2,000 words is really easy for me. And I get yeah. that out probably in two hours at least, you know, at minimum. And um, yeah. at my best, I've gotten 7,000 words a day that's not usual for me, <laughs> but it, it has happened before. And Oh yeah. There are always but, those moments where it's just like, right. where it just spills out and you're like, do I stop? No, keep right. going, keep going. <laughs> it's like my fingers ache, my back hurts sitting in this chair, but I'm going to keep typing. And, right. um, but I try to keep at least two hours a day. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot of time for someone that's doing it full time, but there's also research that goes into it. There's also, even though I wasn't doing a lot of marketing, there's still marketing that goes into it. Um, editing, I might be editing something else at the same time. There's conferring with my mom over covers. Um, so mm-hmm. all of that, you know, it's not a nine to five job by any means. I don't work that many hours, but, um, but I am able to put as much time into it as I want. And, try to do at least two hours a day. Usually what it is is two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon or evening. It just kind of fits 
well for me like that. Nice. Um, but I, I'm not, like I said, I'm a pantser. I'm not really disciplined. I'm probably the worst person ever to give advice about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, from what I can see, the work is really is speaking for itself. Um, that mm-hmm. sort of, that, that sort of productivity just, you know, it is incredible. So um, many, many kudos to you for being able to keep up to that. Um, so, um, so are you like the first one up and you're able to do that? Or are you able to just, you know, when everyone else is up, are you able to just kind of lock yourself in a room or something? Or what's your... No, um, I usually get up about 4.30 in the morning and... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why my body works that way, but that's what's <laughs> don't question it. Don't question it. It's <laughs> yep, not a smile. <laughs> exactly. It's nice and quiet in the house. Sometimes I just type with nothing on, but usually I like to listen to music while I type. Mm-hmm. And um, I just get in the zone then and go until everybody's up and eating breakfast. And then I stop and have some breakfast. Sometimes I go back to it again. Um, and like I said, I shouldn't say, uh, at least two hours a day, but often it'll be more than that. And um, so, yeah, I, I like that where the house is quiet and no one's up and stirring yet. And I can just have my own time, make my cup of Fabulous. coffee. Here. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you're, so you're a coffee drinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, coffee and tea, but mostly coffee. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so what, uh, what kind of advice do you have for the – the you know aspiring author who just has a story in mind has the burning desire to get that story out but has no idea of what the first thing that they would need to do is what kind of advice do you have for those for those people the best advice i can give is the same thing that I did and I had encouragement to do it because I didn't know where to begin either, but Mm -hmm. um, just write that first sentence. You've got to start somewhere and you can go back and change it. And I was always told I can change anything I write. And I I had put so much pressure on myself that I was afraid to start. You know, I Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be perfect and, and you know, it's not perfect the first time. It just, uh, it's not going to be because you're trying something new and you're learning. So my advice would just be write that first sentence and go from there. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, where can, um, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, I know you you mentioned that you had like the other pages. Um, Facebook and I'm on Instagram as Jessica McBrayer and I'm on, (laughs) I was a little spacey. I had an account on Twitter and Mm -hmm. then I couldn't, couldn't remember what my login and everything was so i started a new account so okay. i have two accounts on twitter but i'm not very active on it so i that's uh, understandable yeah, yeah it's what, kind of a cesspool right now so yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um instagram i like to post more real life pictures you know my mm-hmm. cat my dog that kind of stuff um yeah. facebook's probably the best place to find me yeah excellent excellent mm-hmm. um this is, uh, this has really been just, I mean, this hour really just kind of, you know, flew by. Um, I'm uh, really thrilled that you were able to uh, sit down on, again, on such short notice and have this, have this conversation. I really, you know, just wish you the absolute best with everything that, uh, that you have going on. And I really hope that, uh, that all of you have felt just as motivated as I have 
just by just by talking just by talking with Jessica by listening to uh, her journey, listening to um, see, just to basically just hear how everything has has unfolded for her and how they continue to develop. Um, it's great to have uh, have such an amazing team in your corner. It really sounds like uh, like she's she's got that, and she is definitely putting in the work as well. So um, again, I I am just so thrilled for all of her success, and I wish her nothing but more of it in the future, and I wish all of you nothing but success. So for Jessica McBrayer, this is George Soroy saying to all of you ever upward and I'll see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres, narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.